pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe it's a cash cock honey dates incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank that's mutiny radio rentals every thursday saturday and sunday from 8 to 10 book your event now well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. Happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics 
doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org so come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! You got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl! Are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hello and welcome to Mutiny Radios. This is Global Val talking to you from Women's Magazine here in the Mission District of San Francisco. Second, 2016. You're listening to Women's Magazine, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco, and worldwide on Global Bound. Little music you're hearing right now is from the Terry Disley Trio. It's a, an arrangement of Pink Floyd's Echoes. And as much as it uh, pains me to have to do so, we're going to hear some from uh, the Republican National Convention that happened this week. I don't know if you paid attention. I kind of hope you didn't, but I did. I was listening right away, and there was one theme that really came through for me, and I think what we're seeing right now in this country, in the Republican Party, is a witch hunt.
sorry. Uh, just having a little trouble. A little trouble at home. A little domestic problem. alarm that uh, just a little female problem hi don't pay any attention it's a cheap trick Anybody can do it. I taught it to them myself. Ungrateful little bitches, aren't they? Can I ask you something? You're all church-going folk. I really want to ask you something. Do you think God knew what he was doing when he created woman? Huh? No shit. I really want to know. Or do you think it was just another one of his minor mistakes, like tidal waves, earthquakes, floods? You think women are like that? What's the matter? You don't think God makes mistakes? Of course he does. We all make mistakes. <laughs> We make mistakes, they call it evil. When God makes mistakes, they call it nature. <laughs> so what do you think? Women, a mistake? Or did he do it to us on purpose? Because I really want to know. Because if it's a mistake, maybe we could do something about it. Find a cure. Invent a Build up our immune systems. <laughs> Get a little exercise. <laughs> you know, 20 push-ups a day, and you never have to be afflicted with women ever again. <laughs> A little scene from The Witches of Eastwick, of course, uh, Jack Nicholson, as the devil, um, having been betrayed by the women in his life, uh, and now uh, in the church, uh, proselytizing to the congregation of the small town of small thinking. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm a little bit shocked because you're listening to my show, and I would imagine you had. Um, but it's a good one to check out, and we're going to be... T checking in with the witches of Eastwick today because the Republicans sounded very much like Jack Nicholson in that scene uh, in their uh, convention this week in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, the rhetoric was low. Uh, <laughs> there was a large amount of it, uh, so I can't say it was high rhetoric. It was pretty low, low ball rhetoric as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, the Republicans attack is the attack on Hillary Clinton. And of course, you know, there's plenty of policy uh, things that, that people can complain about with Hillary Clinton. And obviously, a lot of folks are not uh, enamored with the fact that she's an establishment uh, politician has taken, you know, lots of money from from uh, huge donors in Wall Street and and is has been a purveyor of uh, our military industrial complex. So there's obviously a lot of things that, you know, one can say about Hillary Clinton that that may not that may make you not want to vote for her. However, um, the tone, the rhetoric of the Republicans this week was a full out attack an attack. Um, no decorum uh, in their approach. Um, they were lauding, uh, painting a real big picture of Trump as this, you know, he, I mean, the, the father figure, right? They said, father knows best. Um, 
and uh, he's a really good person they say um, with a good heart and uh, he's going to solve all of our problems isn't that nice um, but on the other hand you know I mean of course they have to say I guess they have to they think they have to say nice things about him um, but on the other hand they've gone on a full-blown attack of Hillary Clinton so um, and it is a witch hunt. I want to play for you a little clip here from Ben Carson, um, who himself was running for uh, the nomination. He was an early, uh, you know, candidate for, you know, running for president on the on the Republican ticket. And this is what uh, Ben Carson had to say. Now, one of the things that I have learned about Hillary Clinton is that. One of her heroes, her mentors, was Saul Alinsky. And her senior thesis was about Saul Alinsky. This was someone that she greatly admired and that affected all of her philosophies subsequently. Now, interestingly enough, let me tell you something about Saul Alinsky. He wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. On the dedication page, it acknowledges Lucifer, the original radical who gained his own kingdom. Now think about that. This is a nation where our founding document, the Declaration of Independence, talks about certain inalienable rights that come from our creator. This is a nation where our Pledge of Allegiance says we are one nation under God. This is a nation. This is a nation where every coin in our pocket and every bill in our wallet says, in God we trust. So are we willing to elect someone as president who has as their role model somebody who acknowledges Lucifer? Think about that. The secular progressive agenda is antithetical to the principles of the founding of this nation. And if we continue to allow them to take God out of our lives, God will remove himself from us. We will not be blessed and our nation will go down the tubes and we will be responsible for that. We don't want that to happen. So you heard it straight from the uh, th straight from the the jackass's mouth, right? Straight from the horse's mouth. There, if we if the if uh, Hillary Clinton um, worships uh, her mentor who uh, who worships Lucifer, then this nation under God will lose the favor of God. Oh no! I mean, come on. <laughs> if this isn't a witch hunt, I don't know what is. Um, but I can tell you that the next thing, and this was one, from one of the first nights of the convention, um, uh, I, basically I was, uh, you know, pretty much appalled by, by, by all of it, uh, most of it. Um, but there were three speakers in particular who, um, really stood out. Ben Carson was one of them calling saying that Hillary appreciates uh, Lucifer, um, the devil, um, and uh, Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, who we'll talk about a little bit later, um, because he, he touches on Syria, which is something that I'm actually going to be discussing a little bit later about the impacts of the Syrian war on women. Um, but the other person who really, really, really made a splash and a big splash because he's a, a large fellow is uh, governor of New Jersey Chris Christie and you know I don't even really want to play what he was talking about because he's so atroci atrocious to listen to um, but I do want you to hear kind of the beginning of what he was saying um, because what he ended up doing was putting Hillary Clinton on public trial extrajudiciously in front of the American public and this is someone who is actually a, a, an attorney himself um, and and instead of going through you know or trusting you know this this grand judicial system that we have in our country um, he decided that in front of a 
the, uh, the Republican National Convention in front of America, he was going to personally put Hillary Clinton on trial, state what he claims to be facts about her, and then ask the people in the room and the people sitting at home watching it on television to decide right then and there if she is guilty or not guilty. Let, let, let's, let's find this little clip here um, where he, he, he poses this as, uh, you know, something that should be in the, uh, you know, in the, in the public dialogue. Let, let, let's, let's see if we can get him here. There's death and violence on the streets, and ISIS is now dominating that country. So I'm going to ask you this. Hillary Clinton, as a failure for ruining Libya and creating a nest for terrorist activity by ISIS, answer me now, is she guilty or not guilty? In Nigeria, Hillary Clinton amazingly fought for two years to keep an al-Qaeda affiliate off of the terrorist watch list. Now, what happened because of this reckless action by the candidate who is the self-proclaimed champion of women all around the world? These al-Qaeda terrorists abducted hundreds of innocent young women two years ago. These schoolgirls are still missing today. And what was the solution from the Obama-Clinton team? A hashtag campaign. So now let's figure it out. Let's decide. Hillary Clinton, as an apologist for an al-Qaeda affiliate in Nigeria, resulting in the capture of innocent young women, is she guilty or not guilty? See, she fights for the wrong people. I mean, that's just a little taste of of uh, what he was saying. I mean, he blamed her. I mean, that the last one was quite actually kind of quite the stretch because it wasn't necessarily Al Qaeda. It was Boko Haram that uh, abducted all of those school Nigerian schoolgirls. So um, he 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 indicted her, uh, you know, unofficially uh, in front of the country. Um, he blamed her for ruining Libya. Uh, he blamed her for um, what he calls al-Qaeda affiliates, but Boko Haram. Uh, he blames her for the abduction of the schoolgirls in Nigeria. Uh, he blames her for uh, opposing the Buy America provision as she in the uh, in Obama stimulus plan um, because she uh, worked with China uh, to to uh, encourage China to buy our debt to finance the stimulus plan. Uh, he bl- he blamed her for uh, Syria. Um, he, he's, he called her an awful judge of character since uh, she had uh, called Assad a, a reformer. And, uh, and, you know, of course, Assad actually used to be viewed as a reformer um, prior to just a few years ago. Um, he blamed her for negotiating the Iran deal, uh, which, of course, the Republicans say are gonna le- is going to lead to a nuclear-armed Iran. Um, and he blamed her for um, making t- trying to make ties with Cuba and with Russia. Um, he, he attacked her for giving Russia a symbolic reset button when she met with them. Um, and, and she, and he blamed her for, um, making our quote, making our secrets vulnerable, um, through using a private email server, um, for some of her classified emails. So on all of those points, he sat there and, and, and shouted, as you heard, you tell me, is she guilty or not guilty? And people were sitting there shouting, shouting, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. I mean, this is some freaky shit. Um, and right at the beginning, and I didn't, I didn't quite catch where he started it, but I mean, he actually says, I'm going to, I'm going to put her on trial tonight. Um, and you are going to be the judge and the jury. That's what he said. Um, now, usually when you hear judge jury, you might hear another word, judge jury and what? Um, so there's definitely some very dangerous rhetoric coming out of the Republican Party. I mean, no one expected Chris Christie to say anything of value. However, um, it was a it was a pretty atrocious affair, and um, to respond to that, 
Chris Christie. Um, I've got one one response to you. Let me let me see here. Yeah, here's here's my response. Well, you know, I have to admit that I appreciate your directness, Daryl, and I will try and be as direct and honest with you as I possibly can be. Uh, I think, no, I, I am positive that you are the most unattractive man I have ever met in my entire life. You know, in the short time we've been together, you have demonstrated every loathsome characteristic of the male personality and even discovered a few new ones. You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, you're morally reprehensible, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. Thank you, Cher. Again, uh, this, as we explore this Republican witch hunt um, through uh, little snippets of the witches of Eastwick. Um, so thank you for that. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. You know, I figured we just, with all of this ugliness, we just had to keep it lighthearted because, um, you know, good good will prevail. And uh, we just have to keep pumping out our own goodness um, and from ourselves to each other, to the people around us, and uh, that's going to get us through this this storm um, that's charging full speed towards November. Yikes. I mean, the next, it's going to be like three more months of this business. Um, so definitely, I encourage you to follow what's going on, um, but I definitely encourage you to take a big step back and not let your head get sucked in too hard um, to this... Um, is well what do you call it us not a not a cesspool but it could be um a whirlpool the whirlpool that's what it is don't 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 get sucked in too hard um you know kind of stand offshore a little bit and uh, and uh, just watch it happen because um you know, it's kind of flinging dirt um but some pretty ugly pretty violent um nasty nasty stuff um so <laughs> Like I said, the other the other speaker who really, really, really fucking shocked me, and I, I'm I'm gonna swear today because I can. It's free speech radio here at Mutiny Radio. We appreciate that. I generally kind of rein it in, but goddamn, this was a crazy week. Um, I was listening. I, I listened to every evening. I listened to the Republican National Convention coverage on KPFA, KPFK. Um, KPFA is 94.1 here in Berkeley. Uh, KPFK is in, in Los Angeles, the affiliate station. And they were doing a really, I thought that they did a really great job of covering it. They were live at the convention. Uh, the the reporters themselves, mm, for the, at least for the first couple of days, played it pretty straight, um, professional you know, journalists. Um, and But of course, having called call in and and speak on behalf of Black Lives Matter and 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 uh, various uh, commentators and scholars and academics and and politicos and they even talked to Dan Rather uh, who was very critical of uh, Trump who um, has said you know that he he wants to you know uh, go after journalists who who say bad things about him you know like libel so um it is an attack on the on the on the press corps as well um coming from this um movement in the uh republican party <laughs> this trump business oh it's wild and you can just he see people like wincing and menacing even as people are talking about him like in the republican convention you can like see it you can hear it and you know it's like i think we have to clap now they're telling us to clap now oh um so we'll see what happens um but it was a real shit show but on the first night of the convention i was personally shocked and it's kind of hard it's kind of kind of hard to shock me um i was shocked by Rudy Giuliani, uh, former mayor of New York, um, a highly criticized mayor, of course. He was mayor during um, when the stop and frisk policy um, was enacted. That's when the police can just stop and frisk someone for no reason. Um, of course, that's a violation of the uh, uh, Fourth Amendment, um, illegal search and seizure. And of course, the f stop and frisk um, policy was, uh, you know, uh, definitely stopping, you guessed it, young 
black and Latino men um, disproportionately above anybody else. So, um, you know, he has he definitely has a a legacy of uh, supporting, you know, anti anti uh, civil rights uh, measures such as stop and frisk. Um, but I really didn't know he was that much of a maniac until I heard him talk at the Republican National Convention. Um, and uh, one thing in particular that he said um, that was that I find really, really um, just just a terrible uh, angle for the country to look at um, our foreign policy. Uh, he was attacking, you guessed it, Hillary Clinton um, on some of her views about uh, Syria and the Syrian refugee crisis. And uh, let's see if I can get him. Um, where are you, Rudy? You fucking madman. All right. This is this is what he said here, and then we're going to talk more about uh, the da how dangerous this statement he makes is. Clinton is for open borders. She is. She is in favor of even taking Syrian refugees, even though the Islamic State has told us they're going to put their operatives in with the Syrian refugees operatives who are terrorists who are going to come to Western Europe and come here and kill us. They did, did you hear that? <laughs> They're going to come and kill us. I mean, this is, this is the, this is the Republican National Convention. This is, this is, uh, someone who, who may very well, uh, if Trump were elected, hold some sort of position, uh, in a commission on, um, Islamic extremism. This is a very dangerous person to be representing our foreign policy um, and our domestic policy on immigration. Um, so let, let's take a step back here um, with, with what he was talking about. Um, he attacked Hillary Clinton for, for wanting to allow Syrian refugees into the United States. And and, and later conflated into the speech, of course, as saying that, you know, these these crazy Islamic extremist terrorists have come to this country and they've already carried out these terrorist attacks here and in France. And 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 and, and truth be told, none of the attacks that have happened in the U.S. in any recent uh these, these so-called terrorist attacks, these mass shootings, or um, they, they have not, in fact, not been carried out by immigrants. These have been instances of what we call domestic terrorism, American-born people taking matters into their own hands and going on a vigilante spree. That's what's been happening in the country. The only exception is the wife of the woman who was involved in the San Bernardino shooting. Um, she was not American born. Um, but you know, they, they, the, the media who the Republicans love to attack also, I don't, you know, because they flip the script all the time. Um, that's their angle is to flip the script. Um, you know, the media likes to play up and they're like, well, these people were influenced or inspired by, uh, you know, these, I won't, I don't like to call them ISIS, the Daesh, uh, this, you know, ISIL, whatever you, it's an eyesore really on the planet. Um, but, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, it, it, you, you have these, uh, these leaders, these elected leaders, these people who have served the country in, in, in official positions like Rudy Giuliani, um, getting up there and just really making false statements about the danger of letting Syrian refugees into our country. And we've been far behind the rest of the world, definitely far behind Europe. We've let in a, a, a pittance of an amount of people who are, who are fleeing from Syria. Um, a lot of it based on these xenophobic, uh, you know, notions that, oh no, if we let in these poor women and children and, and, and families and, you know, men too, uh, some of them might actually be terrorists who just are here and they want to kill us. Come on. So I want to take a, a little time here today on Women's Magazine 
um, to kind of clear the air a little bit and to talk seriously about the Syrian refugee crisis um, and how it has a disproportionate impact on women and children. Um, this is from a report um, from the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, uh, WILPF. Uh, they're the women's organization that formed during World War I, um, and uh, they just had their 100th anniversary last year uh, in The Hague. Uh, we had our friend Alexandria Rain-Smith, who was actually kind of a keynote poet, who got to go to the to the WILPF um, centennial and, and uh, be a part of it. Um, so this report that came out um, is a product of months of hard work by some Syrian women organizations uh, who face devastating threats and challenges every day with the aim of bringing justice to Syrian women, uh, providing them with much-needed services, and carrying their voices to the International Forum, hoping for a change in the realities that have been imposed upon them by suppression, by militarization, and the dysfunction of the international system. Um, so there's a few points uh, that this report makes that I'd like to kind of highlight here today. Um, violations against women in Syria did not begin with the armed conflict. They had experienced violations and discrimination in law and practice for decades. The government did little to stop gender-based discrimination, injustice, and violence against women, and has not taken adequate measures to improve the situation uh, for Syrian women. So, um, gender-based violence has been prevalent in both the public and private spheres for decades um, and has been exacerbated by the armed conflict in Syria. A number of discriminatory laws, especially the six personal status laws of different sects, the nationality law and the penal code, legalize and legitimize gender-based violence in different articles and under different pretexts. These include so-called honor killings which we're going to talk about later, uh, forced underage marriage, rape, and arbitrary divorce by men. These laws subject women to the control of their male family members and is reflected in civil laws. Um, there's been international and national reports confirm an increased levels of sexual violence against women and girls. Um, the International Red Cross described rape as, quote, a prominent and disturbing feature in the Syrian war. Um, another report stated that most allegations of rape and other forms of sexual violence um, seen by their delegation has been committed by government forces and shabiha, or government-affiliated militias, uh, during house raids, checkpoints, and in detention centers. There were also sexual abuses against women in public spaces in front of their relatives, and some victims were raped and killed by the rapists without any accountability, which led to severe traumas among victims and survivors. Some women have also been forced to endure forced and unwanted pregnancy resulting from rape. Um, HRW documented the use of sexual violence by the Syrian government forces to torture detained men, women, and children. Now this report, um, which I'm, I'm going to read a couple more po points from, um, they're definitely still trying to also look at what can be done. Um, and that's what I'd like to, you know, I want to keep that line uh, strong here on Women's Magazine because we can't just go down this line and say, oh, look at this, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. What can be done? We should answer that question of what can be done. Um, so some of the recommendations that this report makes is to, um, uh, implement Security Council Revolu Resolution 1325, of course that's a UN Security Council resolution, and its subsequent resolutions that call for the protection of women in times of conflict and include meaningfully women in the peacemaking process. So if we're looking at an international situation where we um, need to protect women in times of conflict, then we need to be protecting the women who are fleeing for their lives and, and having uh, going through great uh, difficulty uh, to save their families. Um, one of the things that has happened in Syria since this conflict, this conflict, this, you know, we'll call it conflict, it's war, uh, warfare on the ground, um, not only fr from the government forces, but also this whole vacuum that's been created so that you have all of these different uh, 
groups within Syria who are fighting each other. Um, it's ugly. And uh, naturally, um, this is... Uh, it's, it's an untenable situation for millions of Syrians. Um, and w one of the things is that uh, uh, in many cases, um, where you have a, a, a family unit with a you know mother and father and, and children, however many children there may be, um, if something happens to the father, then the the, the mother, uh, the wife, is now responsible to be the breadwinner. Um, they're the ones responsible for trying to survive and and protect the family, and they have great barriers against that. Um, there's been a lot of bombings in public places like markets, so it makes even going to markets um, dangerous. Um, and also, uh, if, if when women want to leave the country, if they no longer have their husbands, maybe they've been killed, maybe their husbands have been detained or arrested um, and or disappeared, um, they have to get some, they now have to get special permits, licenses, really kind of legal paperwork, basically, to say that they are now going to be responsible for their own children. And of course, that's a bureaucratic problem and it costs money. So um, you have all these, so these women who are trying to survive, trying to, to feed their families daily, maybe trying to escape this daily violence, uh, having uh, to pay for, um, you know, documents to be processed, and then jumping off into the the great unknown maybe they're paying uh someone to take them to turkey where they can get on a boat where they can get off in in greece where they can maybe go across the border uh and walk up to the border of macedonia and maybe european countries will let them in this is some of the situation that we're looking at in syria and for people in our country for politicians in our country like Rudy Giuliani uh, to get up there on a national stage and say we cannot allow r Syrian refugees into our country because maybe just maybe somewhere in that mix there's going to be an angry guy who's going to come in and hate America and try to kill us those are his words not mine so the Syrian refugee crisis is severe. Um, we've been talking both on Women's Magazine on this show and also the Common Thread Collective um, um, over the past few months uh, with some folks who have actually gone to Turkey and Greece to, to be there literally on the shores as these rafts full of refugees come up um, trying to look for refuge, trying to find a way out of uh, their war-torn country, uh, trying to start a new life, um, but with so many barriers against them. So uh, there's only, you know, there's only one thing that uh, Rudy Giuliani said that I um, agree with, and I think I can find that for you right here. Give me just a second here, and I appreciate your patience um, and your participation here on uh, Women's Magazine with Global Val. Mutiny Radio. What do you What do you think, Rudy? What do you think? We are giving them the money. Are we crazy? You're listening to Women's Magazine. Are we crazy? Asked Rudy Giuliani. I'm gonna say yeah. Um. So one of the things that um, is very tied up in this whole international state of affairs um, is, is is the the rights and protections of women and where where are we going to go from here and as I mentioned uh, from the report uh, one of the prevalent problems um, violations against women, um, not only in Syria, but, um, in many places around the world is honor killings. Um, and sadly, uh, this week there was a, a Pakistani social media star. Um, her name is Kandil Baloch, um, and she was murdered by her brother, um, for dishonoring the family. So we're going to have a moment. 
said we're going to do a little tribute here just to give everybody the information about this honor killing talk about flipping the script this honor killing uh, that just happened in Pakistan कंटेस्टेंट की अदाओं के क्या कहने जजेस के सामने एक निराली एंट्री के लिए बिल्कुल तैयार actually uh her talking um talking about how she's um a model of in fashion model um and uh i just actually i just had a little video um that i seem to have lost track of uh so i'm sorry about that um but basically um basically um her brother killed her um and uh and he was not remorseful for it at all uh he said that he is proud of what he did and that girls are supposed to stay at home he thought that her social media and modeling career was bringing shame upon the family um, and honor killings um, have been around for millennia um, and there's still little to no legal consequences it's, they've been on the rise in Pakistan in recent years and uh, we're hoping that this serves as a wake up call here's something that uh, that Candia Balosh said uh, in the English translation she said as, a, as women, we must stand up for ourselves. As a woman, we must stand up for each other. As a woman, we must stand up for justice. I believe I am a modern-day feminist. I believe in equality. I need not to choose what type of women should be. I don't think there is any need to label ourselves just for the sake of society. I'm just a woman with free thoughts and a free mind. I love the way I am. 
listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. And that's just a reminder that um, there are atrocious laws um, and actions uh, in in place that work against women, uh, that harm women, um, and thus harm all of us. And let's make sure that that we don't fall prey to any kind of slut-shaming. of Eastwick. Don't go on your own witch hunt, people. Uh, It's not going to pan out for you. Um, This is Women's Magazine, and we're about looking towards good things, things that that can work for us. And and I want to end the show today on an upbeat note of some progress, because really, as we listen to the Republican rhetoric um, uh, bashing Hillary Clinton, saying, I mean, having people in the cr- people in the crowd themselves shouting, lock her up, um, playing judge, jury, and who knows what next um, it, on a public stage, um, a very violent um, approach to how we're supposed to, uh, you know, govern um, and, and make laws that, that help people. Um, and I don't trust the Republican Party one iota uh, to try to make just laws that would protect anybody except uh, perhaps themselves uh, in some twisted way. Um, so let's stay abreast of uh, what's happening, um, but don't get sucked in too much uh, to the ugliness. you got to take a step back. Um, of course, a reminder, this coming week, uh, starting on Monday, Monday to Thursday, is the Democratic National Convention happening in Philadelphia. Diamond Dave's going to be calling in to the Common Thread Collective coming up next um, to give us an update from Philadelphia, where he's uh, uh, camped out waiting to, to serve the people food with food, not bombs. Um, And then the week after that is the Green Party convention. So um, I recommend staying in tune uh, and just paying attention, um, but definitely take some time to step back and look at some good things in life, um, like the smiling people around you in your life um, because you're giving them love. And also um, one big environmental victory, um, and I, and I, I, 
I couched that into a, another speaker from the Republican convention who um, I, he was they, they rolled out some oil old oil man um, who said of course that um, climate change is not uh, our our priority um, because our enemy is extreme Islamic terrorists. I mean, it's just this, this, they're just towing this line, um, breathing uh, poison air into everyone's minds. Um, so remember, folks, it's propaganda, um, and it's something that we should be very wary of. Um, and of course, propaganda along the lines of uh, climate change and uh, in the environment, protecting the environment, protecting the people. We've had a, a, a really awesome victory here in the Bay Area. Alameda, uh, Alameda County um, is, uh, became the fifth California county to ban fracking. Um, so it was um, in a state where big, this is a, a, from a, a little article about it uh, from Food and Water Watch. Uh, uh, this is an article by uh, Dan Botcher uh, from Daily Cause, um, but a little excerpt from that. In a state where big oil is the largest and most powerful corporate lobby and where the governor is committed to the expansion of fracking, California anti-fracking activists have been forced to concentrate their efforts on banning the environmentally destructive oil extraction method on a country by sorry on a county by county basis. On July 19th around 6:30 p.m., Alameda County residents celebrated a historic victory as the county became the first of nine in the San Francisco Bay Area to ban fracking, along with cyclic steam injection, acid fracturing, and other dangerous enhanced oil extraction methods. The County Board of Supervisors unanimously passed the ban, making Alameda County the fifth California county to ban fracking, according to Ella T. Van of the Northern California Organizer of the Food and Water Watch. You should definitely follow Food and Water Watch there on top of it. Uh, the 5-0 to, to zero decision follows the ban on fracking adopted by, the Butte, by Butte County in June. Go Butte! Uh, when voters passed um, the measure by a landslide 72%. So we've got to keep looking up, folks, um, and keep moving forward because, uh, because good things are happening all around us. And just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. So make sure that you're pumping it full of good and not full of ugliness. And watch out for these witch hunts. And um, don't let it scare you too much because uh, we've got to harness our own powers of positivity. I'm Global Val. Thanks for listening. I leave you with this. Get rid of the music. Come on, throw it away. Come on, get rid of this. Throw it away. Let's get rid of the music. That's it. Right. Okay. Now, I want you all to close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Let it all out. Now we're going to pick up our instruments. And when I count to four, we're going to play the shit out of this thing. One, two, three, four. That's it. Just relax. That's it. Take it easy. Thank <laughs> you.